Hi everyone, this is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 30. Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. How's it going, Jack? It's going well. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. All right. Today on Secrets of Stargate, we are discussing the secret of Stargate. We're talking about the uh, ninth episode of season two, which is Secrets. <laughs> Secrets. Secrets. It's been a year since Daniel promised Kusuf to return to Abydos with Sharae. He has not been able to accomplish this. He and Teal'c return to find Sharae's there and is very pregnant with Apophis' child and is in control of herself while the gold within her sleeps for the duration of the pregnancy. She goes into labor, and Daniel and Teal'c must protect her from Herer while she gives birth. Meanwhile, Jack and Sam have gone to Washington to accept a commendation from the president. We get to meet Sam's dad, who is really gunning for her to go into NASA. We discover that someone has leaked information about the Stargate program to a reporter, who, after telling Jack that he is going to go public with the story, dies mysteriously. After returning from Washington, Jack and Sam go through the gate in, in time to save Daniel and Teal'c from Herer. Hasuf is able to hide Apophis' son before Apophis returns to take Sharae back with him. And we get to see that Sharae, though seemingly back under control of the gold, may still be in control of her body. It was a very, uh, very densely packed episode. I liked it. I liked <laughs> yeah. it both halves. The, Had a there lot was a lot on. going on. Yeah. yeah. A couple, couple yeah. of good storylines, of course. You know, this, this is one of the ones that it really advances the, the plot again, you know. After a couple mm -hmm. of fluff episodes, it's kind of nice to have something that really advances the plot. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. It's good to see uh, see Sharae again, not in, not in the best of circumstances, but it's nice that they're starting to pay off that plot. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on the episode, Father Corey? It's it's one of those that I always kind of enjoy, you know. And really, I'm a little annoyed with uh, uh, Jacob Carter, although he uh, he changes fairly quick coming for going forward. But 
really kind of annoyed with him in this one. He's kind of a jerk, especially yeah. since he knows that, uh, uh, you know, Sam and Jack's cover story is, is, a uh, that just that it's a cover story. He knows there's something deeper there, but it's like, Oh, but it can't be better than going to NASA and going into space. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. it is. So anyway, anyways, but no, besides that, now this is, this is one of the, the good ones. Of course, it's great to see, uh, Kasuf again and, mm-hmm. uh, we we get kind of a little bit of closure with Shari, at least, you know, Daniel, even Daniel's not completely a jerk in this. So. <laughs> yeah. A bit. <laughs> you remember this life existed for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, what about you, Lisa? Yeah, I agree. This one has a lot going on. And what's cool about it is that these storylines pay off later. I mean, these mm-hmm. are not storylines that are just happening and then get dropped. There's so much here that then we get to see in two episodes, three episodes, a season, two seasons. And so there's a whole lot more to come, especially about this, uh, Shari's baby. So yeah, definitely. And, and Jacob Carter who becomes, you know, one of my favorite characters, honestly, he's a little jerk dad here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That'd be cool to see that. I was kind of almost expecting that he's kind of a, maybe like a one-off kind of thing. But yeah. it's cool to hear that they are going to continue that through the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very and much we don't so. We have to wait long. So, yeah. No. Yeah. What about you, Victor? Well, I think I'm going to be on Team Jacob here <laughs> and diverge just a little bit from the. I mean, there, there is a line. He is redeemed. Yes, he comes across as, as a bit of a jerk. You know, he's pushing for Sam to go into NASA. You know, it's. And then at the end. You know, he announces he has cancer, but then the line that I think really redeems him is when he says, fathers have dreams too. Mm-hmm. And you could see that in his eyes as he's, as he's contemplating his death, he's fixated on his dream of seeing his girl be an astronaut. And, and I think that that's just what's driving him uh, at this point. And then um, little does he know. But there's a lot of really good, interesting characters in this. Armin Selig, the aforementioned journalist mm-hmm. too, I think was a really compelling character. Uh, it would it would have been nice if if they'd kept him around a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah so uh, my favorite part about that is that that is the same actor uh, Chris Owens who plays Jeffrey Spender from the X Files, and you yes. really get like an X Files kind of vibe from the whole like secret government experiment that the reporter is going to go public on. So <laughs> it was it was fun to see that kind of yeah. yep. kind of crossover going on. And I wondered too if his name was an anagram for something, and so I looked it up, and you're not likely to find this on GateWorld, but Armin Selig is an anagram for snail grime. Well, there you go. Or inseam girl. Or inseam girl. One of the two. <laughs> oh, that's possibly, awesome. possibly neither of those are irrelevant, though. But it, it, it you know, all means we never see a name like that. It, it's all, the, yeah, it's all it saying all that leads. the furlings are behind it. So, so this is an audio show, so the audience can't see, but uh, Victor actually does have a cork board behind him with lots of string connecting different <laughs> Lots of yarn. <laughs> Not going to lie. He's like that guy who's pointing at it and angry pointing the yeah. other way, you know. That, that's Victor right now. It's got oh, the connections. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. I mean, the ori factor into it a lot sooner than people think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who is driving the car, right? You don't see the driver, but he, yeah. He's wearing a long white robe. <laughs> so that's secrets of conspiracy theory for you. Yeah. CIA, ORI, both have three letters. I'm just going to leave that I'll there. I'm not going to say more. <laughs> just wait till we talk about the NID, right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, another three-letter organization. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> well, it's, you know they're all uh, TLAs, three-letter acronyms. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, Dan- it's a. Uh, this episode also does continue the trend of Daniel just kind of coming coming across as a jerk. So he meets his wife. He gets back to Abydos after a year, and Hasuf is there, and Shari is there, and is pregnant with Apophis's kid. And he doesn't really like. It's understandable that he would be suspicious, but he kind of right off the bat does not really show any sort of compassion for like this horrible traumatic situation that she's going through. And like he he warms up to it, but it just kind of continues that whole Daniel Jackson is. I don't know, not the most compassionate yeah. guy. I mean, it's it, center it, of the team. At, at first, yeah, yeah there exactly. you go. Yeah. <laughs> at, at first, you know, I, I kind of excuse it until he gets the riot act read to him by Tilk, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because he's shocked. I mean, all of us, he's going to, you know, he, he's, he has to go to his father-in-law and basically say, I lost your daughter and I can't find her. And by the way, she was taken over by an evil, evil slug. And there she is. And she's very pregnant. Like ready to give birth, pregnant. So I, I can understand his shock, but I, I like it where I love that scene where Teal just basically like you get your butt back in there and you know you you talk with her basically. Yeah, yeah. And note to self: don't ever play poker with Kasif because Daniel shows up. He's like, "Yeah, I can't find your daughter," and he's like, "Oh, so you have returned without her?" And he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, it's going to take a while to find her." He's like, "Oh, this is disappointing." And then he turns around, ta-da! <laughs> yeah, you know. And meanwhile, there's like no hint. That, that he's up to that point that he's like letting anything on to Daniel, but that's, awesome. that's funny. <laughs> and so the thing that I didn't really understand was so Apophis just sent her there to hide. That seems like that's what was implied, but then why did he not contact them sooner? Unless she had been there. Well, it seemed like she'd been there for a while. That's right. That was the vibe I got. Then why did Hasuf not call them sooner? Is what I, well, what I was wondering. I think this was the one year point, you know, he said, you know, yeah. unbury it at one year. So this was the one year point. So he, he did it at the time he was called to do it. He didn't, he probably didn't even, honestly, you know, he probably didn't even think, you know, maybe I should go like have him unbury this thing now. And cause, cause SG one's not going to expect it until this Wouldn't day. Apophis have unburied the gate so that he could get back there the sooner. He probably would have landed with the mothership, but the first thing he would have done was unbury the gate. Right. But again, the, the he, Stargate yeah. command would not have expected the call from Abydos. That's true. And I don't think they left him a GDO to, like they did with uh, Braytac. Doesn't seem like it. But they can see where the call is coming from. So they would know it was coming from Abydos, right? I don't, I don't think you can. Okay. I think they really ever say that, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can't. Uh, until, until, plot al- until plot allows it, of course. <laughs> Okay, just so like no you know, they can get ID. the yeah, they can get the GDO no, uh, notification before it even you know the dialing finishes, right? Or uh, or in Atlantis where where Rodney is able to sometimes but not all the times like take apart the DHD to see what the last ten addresses dialed from it were and everything, uh, but not not yet. <laughs> just got a call history. Yeah, no. no yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I was thinking about that. Why would Apophis? send her away with no one to guard her or nothing and just send her and then i thought well maybe because she's supposed to be a god right Mm -hmm. and the everybody there if they saw that she was just 
you know, the host still and the normal person and she could say whatever she wanted to, that's probably not real good for him. Mm -hmm. So might as well send her back to her father and, you know, let them take care of her for a little bit. And then. Yeah. Well, especially on the planet where they literally blew up his opponent. God. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And plus it's, it's clear that Apophis is kind of on the back foot. Like he's had his armies, his ships, everything pretty much blown up. And so this might just be his, his last resort there. Yeah. It just didn't really seem like there was a lot of thought that went into his plan. Although that's kind of, that seemed to, has been his track record. So did anyone look at, I I didn't, I did not do the research. I'm just going to be honest. So who wrote it and was, what was the, this whole two gold hosts having a child thing. Did y'all read anything about where this came from? Cause it seems kind of just to pop up. Like I haven't seen Shari in a year and Oh, look now she's pregnant and her gold host did something crazy that no one does. And, I just wondered if, if anyone knew where that plot kind of originated, came from. Like, yeah. I mean, it pays off for us, but. No, it, it was written, written by Terry Curtis Fox, who I don't know. Uh, this is uh, the second one. He wrote Prisoners was his first episode that he wrote. Um, but he's been, he was advi- senior advisor for much of season two. Um, now, they do later on play out the. the the child. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, great. I mean, yeah. It becomes a very serious part of the plot. But as far as was this something they had thought deep, I, I don't know. I don't really get that sense that it was something that was, uh, they, they thought, oh, we can make this a whole, um, whole thing beyond there. Right. Because we don't talk about in this episode what we learn about the child, what makes the child so unique and special and and why Harrow is looking for it and all of that. No, they really don't. Mm-mm. I, I, I guess I kind of wondered if it was because the actress playing Shari was really pregnant. And was this like a way to write her, you know what I mean? Like write her pregnancy into the storyline. Right. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the, the actress was actually pregnant with Michael Shanks' child. Literally. <laughs> oh, I didn't That's know they were actually married. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, in Deep Space Nine where uh, um, Kira? the Nob Visitor was uh, pregnant with uh, Alexander Siddig's kid at the time, and they worked that in the plot to much comedic effect. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of that stuff was at least in this episode, the way it's put in there is very much just for plot convenience. Like they, they have the secret gold kid, but the host regains their consciousness dirt for the duration of the pregnancy. But Apophis is not going to guard her at all. So she can say whatever she wants. And it seems like there's a lot of holes in that, but you know, yeah, a lot of timing coincidences too. I mean, it's like, Oh, I think we're all resolved. We're going to go. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, she's going to labor. Oh, yeah. Harrow is here. You know, it's like, seriously, yep. like, all within the like five minutes, but some some days are like that, even on Abydos, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, that was a lot because usually it's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we're yeah. just gonna get away, and you kind of expected them the first time you see it to like we're gonna go back to you know Cheyenne Mountain, and you know she's it's gonna turn out differently, right? But then yep. she has the baby, then Harrower shows up, and then Apophis shows up, and it's just I don't know, just kind of a little more crazy. Well, it's it's kind of like okay, 
start dialing the gate. Oh, let's stand around for a little bit. Huh, I hear something. Maybe we should dial the gate a little faster. No, I think we're okay. Like, hit the buttons, yeah. go. <laughs> There's a lot of walking when you need to be running. Going yeah. On. yeah. She was pregnant. She was <laughs> very the, pregnant. Yeah. There's Still no dial the gate no. quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And there was some some really good actions like beats in the uh you know and when they're taking over the the gate room from Harrower and like you know Papas is dialing in and Teal'c is incognito and just throws one of the other Jaffa into the vortex you yeah know? and then uh, you know they're blasting away and like disappearing to Jaffa at once and stuff so there was there was some good uh some good action beats in there mm-hmm. we also get one of uh. O'Neill's many uh, very fun lines in there when he throws the knife into Harrow's like hand, uh, gold hand weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, uh, Sam Carter is saying like, "Yeah, you, the, you can use kinetic weapons to get through rather than energy." And he's just like, "Okay," like he not even thought of that. He was just yeah, acting yeah. on instinct. Well, it was it was <laughs> even even that. geekier even geekier than that. It's like how the the shield reacts to the amount of kinetic energy that's put to it, yeah, and, and it's yeah, like, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> yeah he didn't say it's all in the reflexes though which nope. i was disappointed as a jack burton fan <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah yeah i think the the b plot to this episode is actually the more interesting one. Mm. Oh, um, definitely yeah, where we get a uh, plot again uh jack and uh sam going to <laughs> oh, washington right, right. to get their commendation although they're kind of it's kind of a one second. I've got to stop my cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is part of the, the part of the conspiracy yeah. theory. I'm a little congested. I can do my uh, Eric Avari impression as, as Kasa. Let's, let's see how this works. Hello, good son. You have come back to us after many months away. Where is my daughter? What news have you of her? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know. D- don't quit your day job. <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah. I could probably get a job on the French animated Stargate series, uh, but that was. Oh, yes. I tried to watch like one episode of that series and went, nope. So so anyways, we we, we, we finished talking about the whole episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good to go. (laughs) Yes, we got a we got a Maine Coon kitten and she is very big and very, very energetic. (laughs) Cute. So you got a little glimpse of her there. She stuck her head in the camera. Yeah. Pretty cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she's a, she's a great cat, but she's uh, found a whole collection of these little pumpkins that my son had for Halloween, and she's just playing air hockey with them on the floor. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, as, as you mentioned, uh, Jack's quips, there's a lot of really good... There's a lot of really good quips and one-liners in this episode. I think... At the cocktail party, Jack makes a swingers reference, calling a Hammond a player or something, oh, yeah. and doing the thing with his his finger guns are snapping, and then uh, you know, nice spies like us reference too when, mm-hmm. when he goes steps out for a drink with the general captain, general waiter. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, so. I liked that. That was pretty good. Yeah, so let's let's to... talk about uh, uh, Jack and Sam go to DC without Daniel. Without... He wasn't invited, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Or well, he's a civilian, so no air medals for him. Well, yeah. an air medal. So, which is by, by the way, it, air medal is a real thing. It is an actual medal given out by not just the Air Force. It's all it's it's a joint medal, but it's only for military members. So Daniel Tilk couldn't oh, okay. get it. It's one of the higher ranking medals. I mean, it's not as high as you know, like a Purple Heart or something like that. I mean, it's it's but it's a higher ranking medal. 
but it's it's a medal meritorious achievement while participating in aerial flight. So of course they're getting it for studying deep space telemetry or something like that. Gee, little wonder why Jacob Carter is going. Yeah, that's not a great cover story. Yeah. Well, I mean they'll they'll make anyone an admiral these days, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that because I um, I know someone who's in the special forces and obviously I'm not going to give any details to what they were talking about, but they said uh-huh. that there is a procedure for when certain things go down that is classified, people will get recognized and they will put you, mm-hmm. they'll take you into a room, give you a medal and then like say congratulations and then they take it away and it's not on the books because it's like if it's, it has to do with a classified program. Right. So again, yeah, I, I mean. There, there's definitely there's definitely some some of that where you have a medal and you will be recognized for the medal, but yeah, you, you, you like I think in some cases you can't even depending on how classified this this is, you can't even have it like on your your ribbons. You can't right, have right. you know I mean nothing, you know. But you have the medal, you've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just animals going haywire today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I like uh. I was kind of hoping we get to finally see the president, but he's not, not yet. Is he going to be kind of the, one of those things where they never actually show him or do we get to see him later on? We, we get to see. Yeah. Get yeah. to see a couple of presidents. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, nice. Including one, too, yeah. Including one we've already met. Real president. I mean, they're not like. Yeah. Characters no. Yeah. Who we yeah. actually have as presidents there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. That's fun. Um, yeah. And it was, it was cool to meet uh, Sam's dad and I'm kind of with a. Uh, with you on that victor you get like his attitude kind of makes a lot more sense once the revelation that he has cancer comes out because his whole thing is he's he's, you know he's kind of viewing his life as it's going and wanting to see his daughter be able to accomplish these things right so Mm -hmm. they do a good job of humanizing him while also setting up a believable kind of back and forth with him and sam yeah but you know sam herself says before they even when they first see him that they have, she's had a difficult relationship with him to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it's all, it's, you get the impression he's not an easy person to get along with in, to begin with. And more of that does get developed later. We do hear a okay. lot more about that later. Very soon, actually. He, he doesn't become like when we first met General Hammond, remember you were saying, Oh, he's comes across as so strident and, you know, gruff and all this. And he becomes a teddy bear. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. General, General Carter doesn't become a teddy bear. He he pretty much stays, you know. He he mellows, and, mellows you know, a little. He mellows a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. He gets some help with that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but but no, he he pretty much yeah. You see you see why <laughs> Sam is always like ah, there's a little tension. <laughs> yeah. And of course you know nice. of course uh he's he's played by uh Carmen Argonziano who's such a great actor anyways I mean. Mm-hmm. he's one of those actors you see all over the place and he's such a great actor mm-hmm. yeah he was on house he was really good on house yep. is he the detective who's like trying to hunt down house in one of the seasons or am i thinking of someone else no. okay. that's a much younger actor i think but he, he's the doctor i guess he, you know who wants to be on house's team but isn't really a doctor or, or oh. there's something yeah yeah that's right and, okay. but, but house keeps him around anyways because he's really good at you know stuff until he can't anymore right yeah that's right <laughs> um and so yeah and the other the other big thing that happens there is 
the revelation that the Stargate program has been leaked by someone, and we get to see uh, Armin Selig confronting Jack about that in a bar. And I, I liked all that, and I think that definitely makes a lot of sense, but like that you're going to have a leak of something like that at some point, because things like this always get out. Mm-hmm. But there's a line where that Jack says to uh, Sam about, like hundreds of people know about it. And it's like, if, if this is really as classified as all that, you wouldn't want hundreds of people to know about it. Cause that's just going to exponentially raise the amount. Like the, you could be anybody at that point who leaked it. Well, it depends on how many people well, it takes to actually run the project though. I mean, think true, of how many yeah. people actually, you, you know, how many, how many unnamed airmen die in the process? You know, how many, uh, you know, random person walking through Stargate command do you see, you know, now, um, yeah, it really it really does depend on how 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 major a project it is because you know I I can right. think of the, the few times I've I've dealt with anything classified you know there there'd be dozens of people working in those offices and they know everything that's going on there you know so a so, hundred people in a project is not yeah. a major thing right no, I mean that's one shift at Cheyenne Mountain I mean there's probably like five or six hundred people that work mm-hmm. there I'm guessing yeah right but I was just kind of thinking about it in terms of kind of like how um like the Manhattan project was handled like usually when there's a high level project there's a lot of compartmentalization that's going on mm-hmm. and so the, if you, even if you have like 500 people working on a project very few of those people know the entire scope of it like there were people right. who worked on the bombs that were dropped um on Japan in World War 2 who did not know really what they were working on and they were really upset when it all came out later on that they're like we were spending all this time working on this kind of thing sure. and so I fi- I figured the Stargate would be the same kind of thing where you'd have a lot of people who would know parts of it, but they would not have the whole picture in such a way that they could leak any useful information. Yeah. No, that's I, true. I think the clue there is the reporter mentions the the figure seven billion dollars mm-hmm. yeah. that it takes to run it. And you think who is very upset about it costing seven billion dollars? Yep. Right. And so who would have the most to gain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would have the most to gain politically if it came to light and had to be shut down? Gee, I wonder who that could be. A certain yeah. senator. Um... <laughs> yes, we're talking yeah. about Senator Kinsey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you think about his staff and then you think about the Pentagon people, I mean, it's it's a, I mean, it is pretty broad if you think about it. But it, yeah, yeah. It, it is true, though, that a lot of these these projects like this, you know, um, one of the when I was in the Air Force, I did have top secret super, secure car car carpental. SCI, I yes, like yes. I, I yeah, I can't talk tonight apparently. Uh, but I did have you know above top secret security clearance, and it was you see only this little bit of information you need to see to do your job, and that's mm-hmm. it. Compartmentalized. There you go. Yes. Secure carpent compartmentalized information. <laughs> so I feel like you'd even you'd have like even the airmen who are the guards, they would just guard a room, and they would not have access to whatever was in that room, that kind of thing. Possible. Yeah. Again, yeah, I, I don't know. Over the, they blab over the loudspeakers like off world activation, aliens coming through, yeah, spaceship, <laughs> spaceship in orbit. You know, yep. you, you pick up something, you'd be like, huh, this is not like, you know, we're not just tracking Santa Claus here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh gee, you know, we had another day where the, the uh, self destruct has been activated. Oh, well. Yeah. Hope it doesn't happen this time. Yep. <laughs> it's just a drill. A couple, couple of good lines from Jack, though, where, you know, he, he'd been talking with the Sam about, you know, I can fly halfway across the galaxy, but I can't get across D.C. And, of course, uh, 
uh, the Armin says, oh, yes, what, what, you know, what's this, you know, plays a recording of it. Oh, yeah, the C5 galaxy. It's the biggest plane we have. And it's like, nice. yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the famous, you know, make sure when you spell it, it's, it's O'Neill with two L's. There's an O'Neill with one L, and he has no sense of humor at all. Yes, the hanging a lantern on the uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Jack's funniest moment, though, is, is after he arrives on Abydos and the gate immediately starts to dial in again. And, and you know, Harrower is running around. Everything is going crazy. And then Daniel just goes, just goes Apophis. And Jack goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they all have to hide. But, OK, so this is like this is another thing for my conspiracy wall. When Teal'c. When Teal'c zats uh, uh, Amonet mm-hmm. uh, slash Share, it plays the sound of two zat bursts. It did. There's one beam, but potentially two energy pulses going down that single beam. <gasps> so I assume Teal'c knows that like it would take two zats to stun a ghoul. I think they had to do that um, with Skara earlier or something. But mm-hmm. I was just like, did he know that? Or, or did he really just like try to kill Amonet and Share because he's just like, Daniel just keeps talking about it all the time. and. Mm. Um, yeah. Could be. I watched that like three or four times. Yeah, I did notice that too. <laughs> at I least. Was, I was wondering at about least. that. Yeah. I noticed it because I was, I actually connected my AirPods to the TV. And so I was, well, I was making dinner. And so I'm listening <laughs> to it and I, and I heard it and I went, wait, what? I just heard two. And did he I just double tap like, her? Double. Yeah. <laughs> He's using yeah. the zombie land rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zombie land. <laughs> Yeah, I did notice that one too, so glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> and I don't know why they like Harrower so much, but this is like the second time Jack had a chance to just like straight up kill him the first time being on, uh, you know, Thor's chariot planet and doesn't. It just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, it's, they, they seem like they're just keeping that guy around. He, for, he was aiming for his head, but he actually just hit his hand instead. No. Yeah. yeah, but then the shield starts to weaken and, you know, you can, I don't know, but it's just. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, and I just got the same same uh, vibe from him that I got last time. It's just I cannot take that guy with with that goatee no. seriously in that armor. I'm like, that's just some dude you picked up at a biker bar, <laughs> put in space armor. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, watch. He's probably that? a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's done like hey, he's, he's done like twenty seasons at Stratford. Or... He's. <laughs> he's got it. He's got a goatee. He's got to be evil. I mean, that's just that's it's that's true. all the way back to Spock oh, days. Yeah. Do you know what's super Doug- cool about his name? Mm. It's my nephew's name. Really, Douglas Ar- Well, Douglas Arthur. This guy's name is Douglas oh. Arthur's. But yeah, I mean, interesting. Nice. Very nice. Wow. Oh, he played Brick Thug Number One on Arrow. <laughs> there you go. I'm that's, vindicated. That's where I know him from. Uh, no. Uh, no slight meant to Douglas Arthur's acting abilities. I just can't take no, him seriously no, he's as, been a, on, as a space he's been alien. On X-Files. So this is a lot of X-Files alum in this, in this uh, Smallville. Articles Definitely, yeah. This is a lightning force. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing my favorite show that a lot of Stargate alums have been on, which is Nightman. Oh, <laughs> Viper. Viper makes a... No, no, he was on Nightman. Awesome. <laughs> yes. You could fill out that bingo card. The, yes, the, the flying superhero who is a smooth jazz saxophone player. Yes. <laughs> this just made my whole one. day. That's amazing. No, and it's like, I, I can't remember too much about it, but I think it's like one where like the superhero flies wrong. Like you either fly arms out, right? Or you fly standing up to show that like you're like awesome, but you don't fly at like a 45 degree angle. 
And I don't know if he did that so he could play the saxophone while he was flying. I haven't seen the show in like That's almost 30 amazing. years, but yeah. So looking over his uh, Douglas Arthur's IMDb page, I feel like I'm a, uh, he was definitely typecast as the kind of character I'm thinking of. He's Charlie, the angry bank robber. Uh, he's skinhead man. He's uh, a, yeah, yeah. He kind of plays a thug. Yep. Nazi man. Yeah. Nazi. Yeah. Mm. He's yeah, on he, X-Files he, also. Yep. Yeah. No small parts. Nope. Oh yeah, his his Smallville character. This this is definitely a thug name, Snake. Yeah. <laughs> the name Snake. And of course, he he was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. Where yeah, that that's pretty yeah. uh, not thuggish territory. <laughs> I know nothing about Saskatchewan, so I'm not sure if that was a uh, mint in humor or not. <laughs> Saskatchewan <laughs> is north of Montana and looks like Montana. Regina isn't even the biggest city in Saskatchewan. (laughs) So we're going to get lots of nasty letters from all the Saskatchewanese. All three of them. Yeah. I mean, in the entire province. (laughs) (laughs) Is there there some sort of rivalry between Montana and Saskatchewan? No, Saskatchewan Saskatchewan is one of the, is one of the prairie, one of the prairie provinces. Like I said, it's North and North Dakota and Montana. And it pretty much is, it's the North Dakota and Montana of, uh, Canada. So okay. Nice. No, okay. I was wondering if it was like a Frostbite Falls, Minnesota thing where like on Rocky and Bullwinkle, the US kept pushing it into Canada and Canada kept pushing it back into the US. <laughs> <laughs> well, to anyone who's listening from Saskatchewan, we Welcome. love you. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy the show. <laughs> <laughs> and say hi to Douglas Ar- Douglas Arthurs for us. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that, like, like yeah. Simpsons, where uh, Bart goes down and offend, or goes and offends Australia, so they have to go and apologize. But they've got the I almost said I'm going to go talk to my member of Parliament, and he goes across the fence. I need to talk to you. It's like his neighbors, yeah. his member of Parliament. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so you've played noisy spoonsies before. <laughs> nice. Hopefully, none of our, uh, uh, you know network uh brethren from down under listen to this podcast or that accent might have oh, just oh, they, they do and I, I'm, I'm sure uh Lindsay will let you know <laughs> that'll be a feedback you're just dying and, and, and by the way you can listen yeah. to the catholics of oz on sqpn where i'm sure they'll talk about what they think about victor's accent and person yes. and as they say let's go science yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah overall uh very very plot packed episode. Um, oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to talk about though was the mysterious death of uh, Armin Selig. Mm-hmm. Is that it was I, purely I, an accident? Purely an accident, right? Purely. I mean, he just he just it happened to no stop accident. and yell back at Jack O'Neill from the high from the road, a busy road. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it was supposed to be a bus or something, but they couldn't afford a bus, and so you got that that. <laughs> green pacer or whatever it was, it was like a four yeah. tempo or whatever yeah, yeah it was like it a mercury or whatever yeah yeah oh 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 and D- daniel jackson is a is a deep space nine fan mm-hmm. because at the end he quotes nog at the end when they're all asking him so daniel are you all right he goes no but i will be which <sighs> is a callback to deep space nine when nog you know is it's mm. only a paper moon where you spoiler alert oh. for anybody who's not watched deep space nine He's injured in battle and goes through PTSD, seeks refuge in a very awesome holodeck program, has to go through some stuff. As he comes out, his friends ask him, are you all right? He says, no, but I will be. 
And that I think aired a year before this episode. That's, I was just looking sure. up to see what. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> yeah, that uh, it's only Paper Moon aired December uh, end of December nineteen ninety eight, and this aired. Actually, no, this aired first. This aired oh, August twenty wow. first nineteen ninety eight. Maybe they. So Nog me. called this one. Oh wow! Yeah, so Nog is an SG one fan. There you go. <laughs> That's what he's doing while he's hanging out with Vic. Watching yeah. reruns. That's a great. That is a great episode, by the way. Oh, it is. That's yeah, one it's of the, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the definite watches of DS Nine. Yeah. yeah, that one and the visitor like give me chills whenever I watch them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Uh, do you have any other uh, thoughts on the episode, Father Corey? Um, I think I got everything I wanted to talk about. I, I you know, I, for for this is another one of these episodes. For the grief we give it, it's it's re- it is really one of the good episodes. Yeah, yeah, set up yeah. so much. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh see where these plot threads go, and I like that they're they're keeping that all moving forward instead of just forgetting about it. Yep. What about you, Lisa? Okay, for the uh, Jack Sam shippers out there, when he brought her his dr- her drink, he said Sam, which he only oh. calls her Sam like a handful of times. So <laughs> put, put that one on the tally. Oh. <laughs> Add it to the board, Victor. Yep. yep. Yeah. I'm just Sam's going back dad, through. Which, you know, that's, yeah. It was a good one. I've heard nothing about you, he said. Yes, right. Yep. <laughs> which, it, which, if you're trying to impress a lady, I imagine saying, I've heard nothing about you to her parents would be a good way to go about it. Not, <laughs> but. <I don't> <laughs> nice. No, I don't know. And then you could we also. We didn't get to see Sam and. Yeah. yeah, you could also say, you know, they, they got to travel to D.C. together. We didn't get to see all that. But, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously cozy enough to talk about, like, this top secret government government program, like, in a public place. Right. Well, they're just walking yeah. down the street together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, uh, maybe not such a good idea anymore. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Victor? Uh, no, I think we, we covered, uh, everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good action packed, uh, plot packed episode and, uh, it does pay off. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Keep listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Uh... Also, also you are nothing. Your world is nothing. You will serve me. That's just, I just wanted to leave that out there. It's you should get that on a coffee and... mug. I so... should. Yeah. <laughs> be great. Ah, good times. All right. Um, on that note, we'd like to take a moment uh, to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Alfredo M, Elliot J, Wyland F, Maria D, and Jacob H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the other shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give, and be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. 
We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing what Lindsay thinks of Victor's Australian accent and also the next episode of SG-1 Crikey. Bane. <laughs> yes, my accent is the Bane of Australians everywhere. <laughs> next episode is? Is Bane. Bane. Yeah. Yep. And until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>